So I was writing this message a few weeks ago, and I had had most of it put together. And uh, so I was just trying to button up a few little parts. And one thing I couldn't come up with was an intro. And I was thinking to myself, how is this going to work? I need something funny, some kind of funny story, something I could share that would kind of get people's attention in the beginning. And um, I just couldn't come up with anything. And so I just wrote in my notes, funny procrastination story. And I even have a screenshot here for you. So that, that's my notes. And I, that was like that for a while. Like I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to leave that until next week. I came back, I opened up my document, and funny procrastination story staring me in the face. And I'm like, oh, I don't have anything. So I Googled funny procrastination story. And nothing came up because procrastination is not really funny. I'm, I'm struggling. It's difficult. I'm wrestling through this. And uh, I, I'm just putting it off. I'm starting to think, like, man, well, you know, have I gotten back to this person? Have I set up that appointment? And I have all these tabs and apps open on my computer. And then I realized I was the procrastination story. I was procrastinating on a message about procrastination. I, I just couldn't come up with that intro and kept putting it off. And I think a lot of us in life, when we get to some kind of a difficult thing in life, we tend to procrastinate. And I'm not just talking about like getting to finally applying to college or finally getting a job or finally painting the dining room or whatever it might be. In this series, we're talking about spiritual procrastination. Sometimes there are things we know God wants us to do, and we just keep saying tomorrow. It's going to keep putting this off tomorrow. I'm not going to deal with it today. I'm going to put it off until tomorrow. And talking about this is so important because we only have so much time, right? Like God's only given us so much time. And we looked at this verse last week, which is the verse that we're basing this series on. In, uh, in Psalm chapter 90, verse 12, Moses said, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And so this is an incredible prayer Moses prays. God, teach us to number our days. Help us to realize every single day counts as a number on it. We only get one shot at that day. Now, we don't want to do this in a morbid way, right, where we're fearful, where we're fearing that, you know, our life's going to end one day. Um, On Amazon, for $79, you can buy a watch called the Ticker. And the description of this watch is the wrist watch that counts down your life. And in the product description, it literally says life expectancy calculated based on statistical data. And so these people are selling a watch that's trying to figure out when you're going to die. Now, that's really morbid. Jerry Seinfeld made a great comment about a watch like this. He said, so what's the big win here? You're on your deathbed. They're pounding on your chest, and you're looking at your watch going, 10, 9, 8. I told you this thing was good, right? And so we don't want to look at it in a morbid way. We want to look at it in a way that every single day would matter. Every single day would count and be important, that we would gain a perspective, we would gain a heart of wisdom when we realize, wow, every day is is valuable, and every day has a purpose, and I don't want to miss out on what God has for me any day. Now, even if we did have forever, even if life, you know, here on earth, just like we know it went on forever and ever and ever, we still would be unwise to procrastinate, to push things off till tomorrow that we know God's calling us to today. Why is that? Because God, everything he calls us to do is for a reason. And he's got an awesome destiny, an awesome game plan, an awesome end in mind for you and me. And and we saw this a little bit last week, that when we delay the obedience, we delay the outcome, right? When God says, hey, I want you to do this, and we delay that, we're also pushing off not just what he's calling us to do, but the outcome of what God's calling us to do. And so I don't know about you, but I want to be right in sync with the outcomes God has for me. I want to be right in step with what he's doing in my life and calling me to do. And so here in this series, we've just been applying this truth that every day is numbered, every day counts, that we don't want to say tomorrow. We want to deal with what God's calling us to deal with today. So last week, we talked about anger and unforgiveness and offense. And I just encouraged 
us all to deal with those things today. Today, stop putting them off. Stop holding on to anger or unforgiveness or offense. And I hope this last week you've taken that seriously. You've had maybe some tough conversations or you've, you've woken up every day and dealt with the unforgiveness in your heart or some of the things you might be struggling with. Today, I want to apply this to another area of our life and it has to do with the sin in our lives. See, here's what so often I think we do. We, we, we realize we're maybe struggling in a certain area of our lives and because it's difficult to deal with it, we procrastinate with it, right? Instead of dealing with what God's calling us to deal with today, those areas of our life that are out of sync with him, we go tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll get to it tomorrow, right? And, and this just can be something that I, I, I want to clarify here because there's a difference between struggling with sin and then procrastinating when it comes to sin, okay? All of us here in the room are in some way struggling with sin, right? This is when we see our sin for what it is and we go, God, I don't want to do this. God, forgive me and God set me on the right path and God give me strength. Like that's struggling with sin. That's not what I'm talking about. That's what we all do every day. But procrastinating is when, like I talked about last week, specifically with anger and unforgiveness, this is when we take the box and we put it over any area of our life and we say, God, you cannot speak into this area of my life. This is off limits. I'm going to say tomorrow about this certain struggle of my life. I'm going to pretend it's not there, or I'm going to hide it, or I'm going to try and keep it secret, and I'm just going to tell you that you have no ability to speak into that area of our lives. And the reason we do this is because dealing with the sins, struggles in our lives is difficult, right? You don't procrastinate on things that you enjoy, right? Like if Kelly and I want a free trip to Bermuda, I'm not going to be like, yeah, me and the miss is going to put that off as long as possible, trying to give us a tropical paradise. We're onto your schemes. No, of course. You're like, I want to go do that. But, but facing some of the sin struggles in our life, that's another issue. We know it's going to be difficult. We know it might not be easy. And yet God calls us to it. And listen, God so badly wants to speak into this area of our life that we've boxed off. And if we could see what God sees, we would want him to speak into this area of our life as well. We would beg him to. If we could see sin for what it is and we could see the outcome of what he has for us, we'd be like, God, this area of my life I've kept all contained up and I've been hiding from you. Please speak into it. And so today, I want you to leave with that perspective. I want you to be able to say, okay, today maybe is the day that I remove my box from this area of my life that God's been trying to speak into. Because he's been coming into some of the areas of our life and he's been knocking on some purity issues in our life. And say, you know what? Some of the struggles you've been you know, trying to keep from me, be it pornography or be it flirting with someone that's not your spouse or, or being, you know, using sex outside of the way God intended it. And, and let, let me just say this. Sex is an amazing, awesome gift from God. We hear in church too much that sex is bad, sex is the enemy. No, sex is a great gift from God, but when misused, destroys a lot. And so God's been speaking in, you know, trying to knock on this area of our life and we're just keeping it kind of off limits to him. Maybe it's an honesty issue. God's been, you know, knocking on that, that box going, hey, I want you to talk about this little thing you've been hiding from me or from so-and-so. Maybe it's about pre- the past. Maybe it's about the present. Maybe it's some plans we have for our future. God is saying lovingly, let me into that area of our life. Maybe it's a jealousy thing. And jealousy, I think we often think like, oh, come on, it's like a little kid thing, you know? Come on, Doug, it's a little kid thing. But remember, jealousy is what caused the first murder. Remember this? Right? Cain, jealous of the offering that Abel gave to God. And you might be saying, well, that's taking it to an extreme. All right, maybe you're not going to kill anybody over your jealousy, but doesn't jealousy kill relationships? Doesn't jealousy kill 
the joy that you and I get to walk through every day and what we've been given and what we have as we're comparing it to what they have. And so jealousy still kills, even if it's not murder. Maybe it's gossip. Again, one that seems kind of harmless and, and, and kind of you know, backdoor and quiet and can just be done in a way that maybe isn't going to hurt too many people, but it always has a way of blowing up on us, doesn't it? And so God's lovingly saying, don't put this stuff off till tomorrow. Don't keep putting me off. Don't keep saying, maybe I'll get to it eventually. No, deal with it today. Don't spiritually procrastinate. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you can relate. And maybe the whole goal of your life has been to take the box, so to speak, and put it over your whole life. You've just been hiding from God. You've just been saying, maybe he won't notice, or maybe I'll be able to figure this out by the time I get older. But I'm telling you, God's heart for you is today to know him as the loving God and Savior that he is. There's a better way for all of us than hiding from God. And so we're going to look at someone that can really speak into this today, and that's David. David, as many of you know, committed adultery. He killed an innocent man, and he lied about it, and he covered it up. And in the psalm that we're going to look at today, David describes being free from that experience, but he also describes what it's like to walk right through that. The emotions, what you're feeling, what your relationship with God is like as you and I are procrastinating when it comes to the things God's wanting to deal with in our lives. And so let's look at Psalm 32. And David starts out by saying this, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. Now David is writing this when he's right with God. And he's able to say all these things, how great forgiveness is, how awesome it is to have no deceit in your spirit or not covering anything up. He's able to say this because he's come out of a really dark time in his life. But in just a minute, he's going to give us a tour of what that looked like, walking through all that he did as he kept pushing things off till tomorrow. He kept waiting to deal with the sin in his life. Look what he says in verse 3. He describes this a little. He says, when I kept silent, when I didn't confess my sin to God, when I didn't confess it to another person that loves Jesus, when I didn't take any steps to deal with it, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. And that's David's kind of artsy, poetic way of saying, I was miserable in my sin. I was miserable in my sin. It felt like my bones were deteriorating. And you know what? Some of us have felt the weight of our sin. We felt the deteriorating effects of the sin in our lives. And David's just reminding us, this is what it's like when we're silent. Listen, it's one thing to be vocal with God as we're struggling with sin and say, God, help me, change me, fill me, let your Holy Spirit empower me. That's one thing. But David's talking about time when I kept silent, when I kept my box hidden, hiding over all my sin. Some of us are there with purity, honesty, integrity issues, whatever it might be. God's going, I got a better way. I got a better way. David describes a little bit more in verse four. He says, for day and night, your hand was heavy on me. You ever felt that? You ever felt like the heaviness of the hand of God on your life? Now, let me tell you a couple things about the hand of God. God's heavy hand in our life is not out of anger. It's out of love. When when we feel his hand is a little bit heavy on us, a little bit of conviction in our life, that is never out of anger. He's always there lovingly trying to steer us away from our sin. He knows our sin is going to poison us. And so his hand is heavy in our lives out of love, saying that poison is going to kill you. Get away from it. 
Some of you guys are parents in the room. Many of you will be one day. And sometimes you have to have a heavy hand with your kids because you love them. And you realize that the things they're doing are terrible for them. Years ago, my son Cade, when he was like really young, like two or three, like he would put everything in his mouth. You'd think we didn't feed this kid. He had to put everything in his mouth. And one day, he was sucking on a Spider-Man walkie-talkie. And he comes running over to me and Kelly and says, Mommy, Daddy, my tongue hurts. And so I took the Spider-Man walkie-talkie, and I'm looking at him. We're trying to figure out. I couldn't see any reason why this would be happening as I'm just looking at it. And then I thought to myself, you know what? I should, like, try to recreate what happened to him so that I can figure out if he was electrocuted or what happened. So I I start sucking on the Spider-Man walkie-talkie, too. There's a scientist deep within my heart, people. I love the horrific faces you guys have right now. Like, why do we listen to this guy? He's sucking on walkie-talkies. And so... I got the walkie-talkie in my mouth, and I'm trying to get electrocuted here, and it's not happening. It's like, man, what's going on? So a few minutes goes by, and all of a sudden, my tongue starts killing me. And I, I went over to Kate, and I said, does your tongue still hurt now or just hurt before? No, it still hurts now. Me too, right? So I opened up the battery compartment, and the batteries were leaking acid. And so he had battery acid on his tongue. I had battery acid on my tongue. So Kelly calls poison control. And says, my son was sucking on the thing. And the man, and she says, okay, you got to give him some milk. And then Kelly, my adoring wife, has to say this. And my 30-year-old husband sucked on the walkie-talkie too. <laughs> she goes, all right, give him some milk too. So Kelly gets everything ready. And she goes over and she hands Kate his cup, hands me the cup. And I look over at Kate. He's got chocolate milk. I got plain. I'm like, I want chocolate. You know? It's like a whole base acidic thing going on there, right? It's all scientific, people. Come on. And so uh, since that day, we have been heavy-handed on our kids. Do not put things in your mouth. Why? Because Cade got poisoned. And God looks at you and me, and he sees the sin in our lives that we're trying to keep all covered up. We're trying to hide from him, and he's going, those will poison you. And so I will have a heavy hand on you, Doug, if it means saving your soul, saving you from harm, saving you from the plans of the enemy, saving you from your own devices. I will have a heavy hand lovingly. I will call you out. I will convict. I will do whatever it takes to get you away from that because it's going to poison you. It's not what you think it is. It's not what you, you, you genuinely want in your heart. And let me just point out the difference here between conviction and guilt. God's heavy hand on us is a hand of conviction. It's loving conviction. It's, it's saying, Doug, I have better. Doug, I have better. Doug, you're settling. Guilt is what you lay on yourself. It's what I lay on myself. Guilt is, is what other people throw at us. Remember what you did? Guilt is what the enemy whispers in our ear. That's different. God's heavy hand is a loving hand of conviction. But still, like any discipline, it's not fun, right? It's not enjoyable, And so David goes on with a little bit more explanation. And I have two questions that we need to answer. The first thing David says here is, my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. You know that feeling? You know, I mean, it's gotten hot lately. Our our air conditioner broke uh, the night all the heat hit. That was a lot of fun. But but you know what that's like? Midsummer, it's just hot, and you just feel like you got nothing. You've been like sunbaked, and you have no energy. You have no stamina, and you're just shot. And David's saying, that is what it's like to try to keep my sin hidden from God. It saps my strength. When I'm isolating things away from God, it's like I have no physical strength because of the strain in my heart and the strain 
that I'm going through because I've built a wall between me and God. And this is important for us to understand. The wall between us and God when we sin is not built by him, it's built by us. And so two questions we have to just talk about here real quick. First of all, why would we willfully stay in that place where our strength is sapped, where it feels like things are deteriorating? where it feels like the heavy hand of God is on us. Why would we ever willfully decide, yeah, you know, I'm going to do this for another day. I'm going to put this off till tomorrow. I'm going to do this for another week, another year. Why would we ever choose that? When God is lovingly trying to say, I have so much better for you. That stuff is poisoning you. But the other question that we have to answer here is, what is the nature of our relationship with God right now? Like, if you're here today saying, okay, I know I have several things or one thing or whatever it might be, boxed up and God cannot touch it. I'm not letting him. What's the nature of my relationship with him? Well, here's what the nature of our relationship with him in that moment is. We are unconditionally, unbelievably loved. He is in hot pursuit of you and me. We have built a wall between us and God. And he's so badly wanting us to turn. He's so badly wanting us to give him access to that area of our life. And the truth is, is our relationship with God just is out of sync, isn't it? I mean, you know what that feels like, right? Your relationship with God just isn't clicking right. And we experience this with human relationships every day. My wife and I, my kids, people that I love in my life, there are times when we hurt each other. And sometimes a wall is built for a season or a time or even a moment. There's still complete love there, but there's a wall in the way. Things are out of sync. And so here's what your relationship with God looks like when you've got things sort of boxed up and you're trying to hide things from God. Uh, reading his word is not pleasurable. It's convicting. You've got a lot of turmoil right in here as you're reading through his word. But it doesn't, bring, it doesn't bring peace. It's always kind of stressful. And again, that's the loving hand of God saying, something's off. It's the Holy Spirit in you saying, something's off. Come back to what I have for you. Prayer is either avoided or it's all business. It's God, here's what I need, here's what I need, here's what I need. Not much of thank you, not much of Lord, search my heart and know me. It's just a lot of here's what I need, God, and then I'm out. And so our relationship with God has become all business and no pleasure in that spot as we hide our sin from God. This is where we find ourselves, settling. But look at what David says in verse five. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. So one day, David decided, today's the day. I'm going to stop procrastinating. I'm going to stop pushing this off. Today is the day I give God access to this area of my life. Now, this was interesting because in David's story, after his sin, a dude knocked on his door and said, God showed me everything you did. Now, I'm not threatening anybody here with that, but I sure don't want that ever happen to me. I want to let the Holy Spirit directly convict my own heart. His word convict my own heart. Another reason to deal with it today. God so desires that, that you and I be right with him that he would go that far with David to, to send a guy to his door and say, knock it off, man. God knows what you're up to, which is the other funny thing we kind of have to just chuckle about for a minute is that we ever actually think we're hiding anything from God in the first place, right? He knows it all and he sees us all and yet he desperately and completely still loves us. And now we're gonna see the outcome. The next verse says, and God rejected my confession. Now it doesn't say that. 
Next part says, and God said I had gone too far this time. No, doesn't say that. David says this, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. I confessed it, and you forgave. This is the loving, awesome heart of God. This is what he does. This is what he's dying to do. This is what he literally died to do. God on a cross, so that the moment you and I return to him in love and ask forgiveness, he jumps at forgiving you and me, his great love for us. And then we see the awesome outcomes. Remember I told you that some of us are delaying the outcomes because we're delaying the obedience? Look at what David says in the next part here. He says, therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. So God's this defender now. Look at this. You are my hiding place. Isn't that funny? Because right now, some of us are trying to hide from God, and God is wanting to be the place we go to for refuge, to hide from all the things the world throws at us. And so some of us have that backwards today. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. So David has dealt with the sin. He's confessed it to God. God's forgiven him, and things are feeling back in sync again. He's feeling close to God again. He's got a hiding place and a refuge again. Now David goes into the role of teacher. He's been kind of talking, giving a little testimony, a little story. Now it's kind of like he puts on the teacher's hat in verses 8 and 9. Look what he says. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. And look what he says. Do not be like the horse or mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. David's saying, hey, sometimes a mule is trying to go run toward a cliff and the person that owns them loves them enough to put a bit or a bridle in their mouth to pull them back, to rein them back in. He's saying, don't be like that. Don't let God have to rein you back in with a bit or a bridle, so to speak, with with a discipline. Again, the Bible says that God disciplines those he loves, so it's always out of love. But he's saying, avoid that. You're running toward a cliff. Anybody here ever been like the mule? I have. Running toward the cliff. And, and some of us, we go, all right, I don't want to be the mule forever. I just want to be the mule for like today or like this week. Okay. But you might run off a cliff today. Don't put off getting right with God. Don't, if you're not a follower of Jesus, don't put off getting right with God. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to tell you this is just such a better way. God's heart for you is so big the next part here verse 10 he says many are the woes of the wicked but the lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him verse 11 look at this rejoice in the lord and be glad you righteous sing all you who are upright in heart so david went from strength being sacked uh, sapped deteriorating bones this heavy hand of god on him to rejoicing singing feeling upright in heart do you know what that's a picture of a free person free person, a person who is no longer enslaved with the sin that they've been hiding. Still a struggling person, still somebody that doesn't gonna get, isn't going to get it right every day, but it's a free person, a person who is close with their Savior, a person who has a hiding place instead of trying to hide from God. And so I don't know about you, but I think as we look at these verses, there is a wisdom that we can gain as we number our days. I think as we we look at these verses, I think what we have to kind of come down to, the main thought I want you to take away today is, let's get serious about our sin today. 
Let's get serious about our sin today. Let's stop saying tomorrow. Let's stop pushing it off. Let's get serious about our sin today. Now, how do we do that? How do we do that? Because we could misunderstand this. Well, let me tell you how we don't do it first. Okay? The way that you and I are not to get serious about our sin is is by trying to perform our way into God's love or good standing. You are as loved at your worst moment as you are at your best. That's just the love of God for you and I. Unconditional. Doesn't go up, doesn't go down. I had a friend in college. Her mom always used to tell her, I love you, but I just don't like you very much right now. Never the heart of God towards you. Always loves you, always likes you. And so I'm not saying, come on, guys, shape up, get yourself right, do a bunch of good deeds, outweigh the bad ones. No, Jesus dealt with our sin at the cross. He removed it. And yet you and I sometimes build these walls, don't we? And so what does it look like? Let me give you some examples of what it looks like. What's the next step for you? Maybe it's one of these. It's just to confess your sin to God. It's to take the box off and say, all right, Lord, I'll give you access to this area of my life. I confess to you I've been lying. I confess to you that I've been gossiping. I've been lusting. I've been looking at things I shouldn't. I've been screaming at my kids. I've been yelling at my wife. I've been, God, I just, I confess all this to you. Great first step. Another great step. God, empower me going forward. Empower me. Your Holy Spirit's in my life. Help me live a different way, God. Empower me. Day by day. You see, the great thing about a relationship with God is he does all the heavy lifting. Jesus did all the heavy lifting at the cross to remove our sin, and the Holy Spirit does all the heavy lifting in our life now to empower us to keep moving forward. And so it's going, Holy Spirit, empower me to live the way you've called me to live. God, give me strength. And I just want to encourage you because in my experience, there are a few people that I know that God like did like a snapped his fingers and everything was different type deal. But I'd say like 95% of the Christians I know have been this work in progress, right? And so you start today, today. And by next Friday, you don't expect to be Billy Graham, right? By next summer, maybe you expect, wow, God's made a difference in my life. I look back and I, I'm not perfect, but I'm a different person than I was a year ago. And it all starts because you made a decision today to begin to let God do what he's gonna do in your life. And so don't be discouraged if you're like, okay, that's it. I'm never going to struggle with this again. And then you wake up tomorrow and you've confessed it and you're ready to go and then you struggle again. Now remember, it's one thing to struggle. It's another thing to just be okay and to box up the areas of our life that we want to keep away from God. And so taking those steps, confessing your sin to God, asking him to empower you. And maybe some of us need to just do a couple practical things to take steps toward victory in our life. You know, One of them is just accountability, getting someone in your life that you can confess some of your struggles to. The Bible says we confess to God for forgiveness, but we confess to one another for healing. And some of the greatest conversations I've ever had have been sitting across the table from a dude out to lunch and me confessing some of my struggles to him and him back to me. And in that moment, you feel some things break. You feel some of the power of the sin that, that was enveloped around you break. And now you have somebody you can call, you can text when you're about to struggle. I'm really tempted to you know, lose my temper here. I'm really tempted to do this, temp- do that. I'm on the phone, man. The guy's calling me a knucklehead, but that God loves me and that there's a better way. And so some accountability in our life. Someone we can call, call, talk to, text, email, just get a hold of in the moment of weakness who's gonna pray for us and love us enough to tell us the truth. Maybe it's removing ourselves from some environments or removing some things from our lives. My brother-in-law, Seth, always used to say that uh, there was this guy that would always say, man, every time I go to the bar, I get drunk. My brother-in-law finally said to him, like, stop going to the bar. 
Some of us need to remove an environment from our life. We keep going to the same place, expecting different results, and we have the same temptations in front of us. Maybe we just got to get that serious today about our sin, that we just say, that's it, I'm just done. I'm done with that. I'm not going back there. Or maybe it's a thing we need to remove from our life. You know, I've shared with you before about the kid in the youth group who came up to me and said, Doug, I'm struggling so much with my language. I'm just, I'm, I'm cursing. I don't want to. I'm just saying like the most ridiculous things. They just come flying out. I said, buddy, what are you putting in? You know, if you're watching a movie, it's got 400 F words. That's going to be coming out of you. I don't really see a way around that. If you're listening to music and that's all you're hearing, you know, that's going to come out whether you want it to or not. What are you filling your heart with? And so maybe it's removing yourself from some environments or removing some things from your life. It's just up-to-date relationship with God, right? Just spending time with Jesus every day is going to help you with these sin struggles. Spending time with him in his word, spending time with him in prayer. So there are just some examples for you. There's a handful of next steps for you to take. Confess it to God. Maybe pray for the Holy Spirit to empower you. Maybe get some accountability. Maybe remove some things from your life that are going to remove some temptations and some struggles for you and me. But a question I have for you is what sin do you need to get serious about today? What thing do you need to bring before God and finally ask for some incredible breakthrough? And here is the beauty of this. If we do this, some amazing things start to happen. If we take our sin seriously today, you know what will happen? We will be on the path to the awesome outcomes that God has for us. We'll be on the path to experiencing all the things that have been on hold because we were delaying the obedience, so we were delaying the outcome. But now we're going to start walking the way that God has for us. And like I said, summer 2017, you're looking back going, man, I'm so glad that I decided to go ahead and make that tough decision. I'm so glad I decided that day it was worth it. Now, here's how I know that's attractive to you. Because every so often we show a testimony video up on the screens, right? Baptism or just a testimony story or something, right? And as those videos are up on the screens, we're all thinking the same thing, aren't we? Man, they were in a really dark place. But look at the victory they're walking in now. And here's what I want to say to you. They didn't make a decision to change five minutes before we started videotaping them. They made a decision a year before, two years before. And they said, you know what? God just showed me I got to fight for my marriage. Two years later, marriage is thriving. You know, God just showed me I need to stop uh, cutting myself and and doing things to my body that that were just playing right into that whole mentality that that I'm worthless. That doesn't just happen most of the time. That's a decision you make, and God slowly, as you lean on him day by day, brings more and more victory. And every one of us, at the end of those videos, we're crying, going, man, I, I want that outcome. Great. They made a decision one day that today was the day they were going to get serious about that struggle in their life. And then the Holy Spirit did the rest. The other thing that's going to happen as you and I start to walk down this road is the most important relationship in our life will be right. You see, no matter what you're going through in life, as long as there's a wall between you and God, life pretty much stinks, just to say it bluntly. And so often, when we remove that wall, even if there are other consequences and other hardships in our life because we got right with God, now we have our hiding place. So I can hide in him, and I can deal with the consequence of that. But now I have my hiding place. I, I have a God who's going to protect me from those rising waters. You ever feel like the waters are just rising above and you're kind of like, you know, the waters are up to here. You're, you're trying to take your last breath. 
Now you have a God that protects you from the stress and the anxiety of that. Before, you had a wall built between you and that God. And so, all right, maybe there will be some consequences. Maybe you will have to have some really difficult conversations. But now you have God back. You have that relationship with him in sync and clicking and working again. Hanging on to sin is never worth it when God is offering you closeness with him. And so let's get serious about our sin today. Let's get on those roads so that we can see the outcomes God has planned for us. Let's get God, not that he was ever opposing us because of his decision, but he was on the other side of that wall we'd made. Let's get him back in the conversation. Let's get him as our ally again. Again, not because he chose to walk away. He never did, but we were choosing, right, to walk away. We were pushing our ally, God, away. Let's get him back. Let's, let's, let's be near him again. Let's let him fuel everything we do. Let's let him do the heavy lifting as we move forward and desire to walk in victory. And again, we're going to stumble, but the, the question is, are we okay with the stumbling? That's what we're addressing here today. Some of us are okay with the stumbling. We're okay with that area of our life being hidden in God today. saying, let's call all that into the light. Let's get serious about our sin today. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray in just a minute. And what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to respond. Okay? So with a dark room and with everybody's mind, eyes, head just on themselves, I'm going to say if you are going to decide that today is the day you're going to take the box off, your sin struggle, and let God in, then I want you to look me in the eyes. Now, a couple of things about that. First of all, I'm not a priest, so this is not like confess to me so that God will forgive me, uh, forgive you. No, everything is between you and God. The reason I want you to look me in the eyes, well, there's two of them. First of all, you're going to be looking in my eyes, which will be open looking back at you because I struggle. And God really showed me as I was preparing for this message that one of the areas of my life I had my box over was my impatience. Sometimes toward my wife, toward my kids, toward my coworkers, and and I've just sort of thought it, it's just it just is what it is. It's okay. It's not the biggest deal in the world. And just this morning, God really convicted me. I need to give Him access to that area of my life. So you're going to have a guy looking back at you, who's looking at you, so you can know I'm taking a step today to be different. And the second reason is because I want you to look back at me because in that, listen, you are taking a step that is going to. Work like confession. Remember, confess to one another for healing. And so just look him in the eyes. He's going to be saying, Doug, I'm confessing to you that just like you, there's something in my life I need to deal with today and get serious about today. And some of the power of that sin in your life is going to break in the moment you do that. You're taking a step. You're responding. And so I'll tell you, it was awesome. First service, closed in prayer. I said, all right, look back at me if you're in on this. I would say 99% to 100% of the room was in. And God forgives you and loves you and will take the next step with you whether you look at me or not. It's not about that. But man, how cool would it be to be in on this together and to take a step that will begin to break some of the power of sin. So if you're a follower of Jesus, we're gonna pray. I'm gonna ask you to look me in the eye and then spend some time praying and bringing before God those struggles in your life, giving him access to those areas of your life. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, going to give you an opportunity to put your trust in him. I'm not going to ask you to look me in the eye. That's between you and God. But we want to give you a chance to take that next step. But let's get serious about our sin today. Let's pray. God, we're so grateful to you, Lord, that you love us and that that love is unconditional and that we have our ups and downs, our good days, our bad days. But God, we want to stop with hiding our sin, with, with sweeping it under the carpet, with pretending it's okay or it's not there. 
And God, we want to just confess it to you and ask you to forgive us and to begin to empower us to live another way. We want you to be our hiding place. We want you to be our ally. And so, Lord, we bring these issues to you today. I pray for boldness. I pray that you'll help each of us, God, take those next steps and that you'll make it clear what it looks like to take a next step in getting serious about our sin today. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, as I look back at you now, would you just real quickly open your eyes, look me in the eye if there's something that you want to get serious about today? Awesome. Very cool. That's great. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much for these people who have responded, and I just pray, God, that they will see that your way is best, and they will experience the power of the Holy Spirit, giving them strength to walk forward in victory. And the 2017 summer versions of us will look a lot different than we do today. We thank you for your grace when we, st- when we stumble, and we thank you for your grace that empowers us. If you're a Christian, spend some time praying about maybe some of those areas of your life you just need to confess to God. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I would love for you to just put your trust in him today. So I just want to give you an opportunity to respond. You can just pray silently to God. Something like this. Jesus, please forgive me for my sin. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for your mercy. Thank you that this is a gift of salvation that I could never earn from you. Pray that you will be my God. That you will empower me to live a different way. And I thank you that you are now my ally in your name.